Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. It's that time of year where we need to look at our marketing, look at our business practices, and make sure everything is running as effectively as possible as we head into the new year. We're going to talk with Jeff Maggs and Moira Vetter about three dreaded letters, RFP, how you can handle those, and how you can optimize your marketing practices heading into the new year. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Nick Constantino here and Trip is out, so we brought in our good friend Moira Vetter from Moto Moto to guest host. Moira, how are you doing, girl? Great. That is awesome. Uh, we also have a guest, Mr. Jeff Maggs, managing partner of Bruner. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, we started this conversation before we even got here about how the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, so with that premise, and it is, let's be clear, uh, lots of things are happening. I think in our space, uh, between the agency and the media and the marketing space, there's a lot of turmoil. Um, so what we're going to do is talk to specifically business owners and marketing executives about what to do to do a checkup to make sure you are prepared for what's happening now and what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Uh, we'll segue that to a little bit of a conversation of how to use an agency, how to go about finding one. Uh, then we'll end that with just an all out blitz on everything that's wrong to show mm -hmm. that we are the ones that are right. Exactly. Good with everybody? Sounds uh, good to me. It's great. Now, I am sitting here looking at a glass half full, so I feel... The, the need to say the optimism that there, is there's amazing. some hell in a hand basketry, but there, is, there are also wonderful Absolutely. things, right? Because great things don't happen unless something is crazy. I, so. I completely agree. And yeah. for all those business people out there, the best opportunities in the world exist from pure chaos. And that is happening. Yes. So there is opportunity everywhere. Exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. So Chaos can create greatness. It, that, that, that it could. That's what my dad taught me. It can create greatness. It, and, yep. I and I tend to be, I work my best in pure chaos. Yep. Like when everything's hitting Agreed. the fan, because yep. my quick decision making and my lack of a give a crap of what other people think mm -hmm. actually helps to thrive in that situation. So I enjoy it personally. So if I sound upbeat, I am. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like as bad as it is, one, we put ourselves in this position. How are we shocked? Two, history is just repeating itself. Yeah, so how are we shocked? Yeah. And three, what you've done to this point will dictate what you do moving forward. Yeah. If you've handled adversity, if you've overcome these things, you will get out of this unscathed. If you have relied on other people, your college degree that mommy and daddy got you, all those things, you're screwed. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, that is happening right now. You know what I was saying, Nick? You may not get out unscathed, but I believe being scathed is a good thing. Yeah. Actually as long as you learn from it, you don't make the same mistake it. twice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Builds Absolutely. character. Yes. So I love it. Well, that's a great way to start. Yeah. 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 How are we yeah. going to top this? All right. So let's talk a little bit about a marketing checkup. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things behavior has changed. I think there's a COVID hangover still that people are still trying to navigate. Um, but let's assume your company, let's call it you're a $15, $20 million company. doesn't matter what kind. You're public facing B2C with a little B2B. Let's talk about some things that you can do right now to start checking and making sure your marketing's in the right place. So yep. I'll give you an example. So um, for me, one of the things is, is that you have to make sure that you have the proper measurement and data collection channels. I'm not even talking about processing. Do you have Google Analytics set up? Are you looking at first party data? Are you making decisions based on data? But you can't make those decisions unless you have good data. So talk a little bit about that, both your experiences. More, we'll start with you about how you can check up to make sure you're collecting the right information. So. 
I would first start with uh, the world has changed so dramatically in the last three years that it is not simply a checkup of your marketing vehicles, your marketing messages. I think you have to back up to is our business in the right place and is our business proposition relevant? Right. And then marketing stems from that. So, Completely agree. You know, and the, those I, business propositions could have changed right. quicker than they ever have before. Right. Because I, I think there's a lot of people that can be refining these things that, by the way, are wholly irrelevant based on today's world. And so I think there's a lot of that foundational work yeah. in a marketing checkup that starts with, is the business positioned with the right segments and for growth in, in the world we find ourselves in now? Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. And that's, yeah. I, I would say that's probably um, the difference in business today is the CFO is more involved in those decisions mm-hmm. than the CMO, which has drastically mm-hmm. changed the nature mm-hmm. of, yeah. of business yeah. procurement. Um, so I completely agree with that. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I love the point. And let's, let's assume mm-hmm. That, that has happened and those are clear for yep. the sake of this so yep. jeff we'll have you go then more we'll go back to you now yep. that once you know that let's talk about the market yep. yeah what i would say you, you talk about data the key point of data is not the numbers it's what's behind the numbers what are the numbers telling us we have lots of clients and lots of agencies that talk about data it is yep. the in thing to be talking yeah. about today yep. Yep. the reality is even in that science there's an art to understanding the data do we know who we're talking to? Do we know what data we need to collect? Are we being truthful about responding to the data? The reality is, like a checkup, a doctor can only tell you so much. Yeah. The data can only tell you so much. As the patient, yeah. you need to take the data and do something with it or else it's a wasted office visit, yeah. right? That you yeah. paid a lot yeah. of if money If the doctor for, doesn't right? know that you've drank and smoked your exactly. whole life and you have a stroke, then exactly. they, what are they going to think? Like you, have to, they, you need to give the right, and I always talk about this. We always talk about the world, AI, all these things about outputs. Outputs are worthless without the proper inputs. Absolutely. Are we giving the right inputs to all of this? Yeah, and I think the other thing, uh, you talked about it a minute ago, defining what success looks like. We talk a lot about doing a marketing checkup, doing a zero-based look at, are things working, are they not working? The reality is we have people that don't even know what the hell success is supposed to be. If we're talking about different success metrics, then what are we measuring? What analytics are we looking at? The tools we use are irrelevant if we don't know what the end game is. So I would say starting a checkup with the data, but more to the point, starting with what does success look like? What does the leadership in my organization expect of the marketing? And frankly, are they on board with yeah. where we're going? Because the reality is what we don't want is to have a checkup that's just telling us what we want to hear versus what we really need to hear. I was going to say, I you know, when you talk about a marketing checkup, I think it is about more than the marketing metrics. It is taking marketing out of its silo. You know, it's how, how all the things, you know, you talk about being – Uh, relevant and driving business performance. I was just talking to somebody this morning who's in a marketing function and started asking questions about revenue and where revenue comes from. They're like, you're in marketing. Why are you asking about revenue? What are you talking about? Right, right. That's uh, That's why people look at marketing as an expense and not a revenue builder because you're looking from that funnel. So I will say, I'm going to combine the two things you guys said and say, one, um, we are in a point now where I feel like everybody's on edge Mm -hmm. and everybody feels that they have to cover their ass. In that position, that's why people rely on data because the excuses can exist. I am not making the decision to do this. The data says to do this. Now, I have also been in the situation and I'm not going to even name the companies, but some are Fortune 50 companies, 100 companies that when you actually challenge and start asking questions about they don't know what the hell they're talking about how they procure it how they use it what they're looking for like you know if you know 
that we have a high net worth consumer, why are you selling a $200 bonus on a checking account? Mm -hmm. Okay, right. when you have one customer right. can be worth $100 million, right. why are you selling these promotional tools to people? And the answer is, by the time the marketing makes its way down, by the time you go from mm -hmm. CMO to the different agencies to this, to this, they can only figure out one initiative and they have to put everything behind that initiative. Yep. That is crazy. You are making marketing channels bend to you as opposed to just changing a little bit Absolutely. to the marketing channel. And I think that is an issue that we deal with. Mm -hmm. I think all across the board. I also think that the problem with data is the more data you have, one, the easier it is to manipulate. Because right. all you're doing mm -hmm. is pulling whatever people want to see. Yep. And two, you're not using the data to tell a story. Right. I love the yep. old LinkedIn adage, Legos all over the floor, that's data. Yeah. Okay. Sorted data is Legos by color, right. which is mm -hmm. great. Right. But can you turn that data into a house of the right. Legos yep. to make this is the story behind the data? Yep. And it's not, I'm not saying it's easy yeah. at all, but I'm saying that one, know your customer. If your customer if, as an agency, as a marketing person, is someone who is sophisticated on this, you better be sophisticated because if yep. they catch you in, a, in the wrong thing, you're screwed. If it is someone who is a little bit simpler but wants to see it, you need to make that house for them. You need to tell that story with them. But you know, I think this is a, a challenge overall in business right now. And I, I know we're going to be talking about agencies, but I think marketing. We can talk about whatever well, you want, Well, I'm just saying, I think you know marketing, marketing as a profession uh, has struggled to get the seat at the table and right. finally has made the turn, like the CMOs that we work with. You know, CMOs are becoming CEOs because they're understood to be operators and have financial savvy and, and, and business understanding. But likewise, when those very strategic CMOs start to look for agencies, it becomes a thin pool of agencies who can talk to you like that, who can talk to you about revenue and sales and growth and business objectives. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think that's... They're also shy to share it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of the things I do with all the time is I've always asked mm -hmm. many times, okay, they're like, well, we need more effectiveness. We need to be afraid. Okay, well, what metric are exactly. you gauging said yep. effectiveness upon? Is it simply views? Because right. I can buy views. Right. Anyone who right. is the, you, every review you read right. is fake. Right. Every view is paid for. The internet is the wild west. And, right. I, and I can show you with very easy metrics how that's the case. So do you exactly. want an engaged view? Do you want to click? Do you want brand lift? Do you have, are you mm -hmm. checking Google Trends to see? Do you know yeah. if your Google Analytics organic search is increasing? But when you ask those questions, it feels like you're prying. How, how right. hard is it even connect to Google Analytics right. to run an attribution campaign? Look, yeah. I'm trying to maximize your marketing mm -hmm. dollars. I'm not trying to make this about me. It's about you. Yeah. Right. So, Jeff, what yeah. do you think? Well, I think a couple things. You, you talked about uh, agencies being at the table. At one point, I, I did a piece on the notion that agencies have allowed themselves. I don't know if you guys remember when you were a kid, there was the kitty table at the holiday, mm -hmm. and then yep. there was yep. the parents' yep. table, and you yep. kind of, if you, as you became a teenager, it was yep. a rite of passage to yep. get to the big table. Well, I think the same thing happens in our world. And when you have this checkup, being clients being willing to have conversations with agencies, hard conversations, database conversations, real in-the-mirror-looking conversations – didn't happen for a long time because we allowed ourselves to get relegated to the kitty table. Yeah, yeah. You know, the most media companies. You're talking the same language yeah. as media companies. Yeah. Radio companies screw themselves so bad that yeah. they they let the agencies be the kind of they were not at the table. No, yeah. we're on the outside yeah. looking yeah. in. You know, we talk about schedules. We talk about making stuff. We talk about once key business decisions are made that we're on the trail end making the communications to support them to be at the head table where real conversations, real checkups are having. Where do business dynamics, where do product development dynamics, where does acquisition and merger business happen? Agencies were left out of that discussion mm -hmm. for a long time. Those marketing checkups that we're talking yeah. about with clients, third-party consultants were doing it. They were spending hundreds of, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars mm -hmm. with the McKinsey's of the world. 
because agencies lost the seat at that table. So, and that's what we're working to continue to try to get back to. Yeah, some of the most meaningful relationships are exactly the thing that you're talking about where maybe there was a McKinsey or a, you know, a, a management consultant who had a deck and the you know, the C-suite, but they don't know how to bring this thing to life. life exactly. And when you get into that room and it's like, but why did you invest in this 300 slide deck and what does it mean and where where's the revenue supposed to come from and how do we activate that and do your people understand it? Well, let's get them fired up first. And so there's internal campaigns, right? And then now everybody's fired up and, oh, we need spiffs because sales needs to go out and yep. take this message to the world. And then, you know, warming up the audiences. Um, there's just too many people, especially with the pandemic, right? The yeah. Like transformation, right? Business yeah. transformation, digital, all the transformations. Everybody has a consulting deck. Uh, nobody knows how to generate revenue with it. Right now. Yeah, right. I'll, do, I'll go one further. By the time you spend all those effort and that resource making mm -hmm. that deck, it could be obsolete Absolutely. by the time. Because again, at this point, we're not talking about fundamental principles of business. Those have right. gone out the window. Right. We're talking about we need change quickly. Right. And you're screwed if that's the case. Yep. So this is a fascinating conversation. I can't wait to continue it. You've listened to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Today we have guest host Moira Vetta with us. Uh, Moira's kicking booty as usual. Uh, and we have Jeff Maggs, the managing partner of Bruder here. And, you know, we talked about we want to see it at the table. We talk about how it's changed and we need all this data to, to really make smart decisions. My question is, how do you build the rapport to get it? Okay. The answer is long-term relationships, but we're moving at such a fast pace nowadays. You don't have that. So what tips do you have? What advice would you give to be able to quickly build rapport or set your agency or company up to be a trusted source that people are going to share that information with you? Maura, let's start with you. So I don't want to give away all our secrets for how we build that rapport. I know that Jeff and I know how to do Just that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I think uh, a part of that is, you know, you talked in the beginning about being a very chaos-oriented person and, you know, liking the charge and connecting dots. And, and I think that agencies are very much that way and consultants are very much that way because we have the privilege of working on many, many businesses, mm -hmm. right? And so I think, objectivity. yes, it, and, and it's both objectivity as well as exposure. It's exposure to different models and different metrics and different and other know, failures, pressure, right? right? Other failures. failures. Cause you have the chance to learn from other people's failures of exactly. what to do and why not to do for different, sure. Different pressure points and all of that. And I think the fastest way to build rapport is to come in and start connecting dots, right? You, you ask a few questions and then you start drawing parallels between things that you've done or, th you know, things that you've seen work or things that haven't worked, right? Colossal failures yeah. that have resulted. And 
and you do that through a business lens, not an advertising lens, right. and and that is what builds rapport. And I have Substance. to imagine all that experience with all those clients, you probably can quickly pick out who yep. the important people in the hierarchy of the company are and yep. who's really making those decisions. Because yep. it's not always the VP of marketing. It's not no. always the CMO. There are plenty of CFOs. Yep. There are plenty of sales directors yep. who ultimately were brought in line. If you can get in with one of those sales directors yep. and make a plan to how we're going to make your day easier, yep. guess whose renewals pretty much easier Absolutely. to do. Yep. Um, so Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I would uh, just add, I agree with everything that Mara just said. I would add that for me and for us, the number one way to build rapport is to demonstrate value and to demonstrate it as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that starts with doing homework. That starts with asking questions well before that first meeting ever happens. Yes. Know as much as you can. The other thing is I have a major problem even calling people clients Agencies talk about clients like they're these inanimate objects yeah. or these beings or these things out there. You know what clients really are? They're individuals. Mm -hmm. They're people who are counting on us to help them stay in the job longer mm -hmm. than 18 months. Yep. They're counting on us to help them grow with their CEOs and in their careers. And the way you build rapport is by demonstrating understanding of their business, understanding of their individual goals. We always start with... Mr. or Ms. CEO, uh, CMO, VP of marketing. What are you focused on? When we talk Not about empathy, the, empathy, empathy a lot, Emotional because you know you're talking about people are freaking out right now. Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many resumes I've gotten this yeah. week from people that you know the the next wave is coming through, and when people are freaking out, yeah. you know, like I mean that's something that we tell our more junior people that are coming up we are this 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 teeny speck in their life right we're right. associated to this with this one initiative yep. and they've got you know their whole whatever division just got reorged and they're worrying about their job so they don't care about our brief yeah. or they don't care about the concept they are yeah. worried about their job today and if you're lucky yeah. enough to be more than that for the person you have a duty and an obligation to them now more than you ever have Absolutely. this is not the time mm -hmm. This is the time where you are a resource to line on anything. It doesn't matter if it's marketing. And I think that's another thing. When the bigger the company gets, the bigger the agency, when you start dealing with these mind shares, these mega, where is the accountability? You're yeah. paying new kids turning over 50 grand a mm -hmm. year to be these people that are accountable. They don't think about the person. Right. They think about maybe what if my job is next? Absolutely. Where yeah. is that accountability? And I think the pace of turnover has also negatively affected that. Companies, yep. corporations have turned people over faster in the 10 years than they ever have before. Well, and, and, and corporations are turning people over faster than agencies used to right now yep. in my experience, which is crazy, right? Because it, agencies have always been held up as the place with the revolving door on par with you know retail. And, and now, honestly, we, we're retaining people longer than a lot of our current clients are. I think there's always a point where there's an ebb and flow where the, the corporations become consistent, mm -hmm. right? When things are booming, money's right. cheap, yep. they're going up. Yep. And then all of a sudden you get to these economic turmoil places. Mm -hmm. And then the small businesses become yep. the ones that people are going to. And they want that strut, that safety in that. Yep. Um, so I think that, that it always happens. But I agree with you. I mean, my brother works for a very big social media agency in New York. His largest account was he was doing Facebook for Facebook. He was doing mm -hmm. social media for right. the entire entire meta thing okay mm -hmm. they told everyone they wouldn't get raises for two years mm -hmm. they are going out and subcontracting all of the work from Pakistan for all these people to do mm -hmm. all these jobs telling the clients right, that they're right. not and yep. then they are forcing the people to come back to the office mm -hmm. not because they need them in the office mm -hmm. because they can bill back the clients for the time of them being spent in the office that may help your numbers artificially mm -hmm. yeah. but in the long term what are you doing that is not right. a, a trust-bearing relationship well, and it's not value to what you were saying yeah and, and, and I, I think that clients people are very smart. They know when you have their best interests at heart. 
I mean, at the end of the day, we always win, always, mm -hmm. when our clients win, mm -hmm. always. And it's, it's funny, you talked about building rapport. In the day, building rapport happened on the golf course or at a dinner yeah. or at a game or at a spa. Yeah. That's not what mm -mm. clients care about right now. It's no. what happens that can help them drive business forward. And, and, you know, the cliche that first impressions are lasting impressions, that first interaction, we put so much focus in our organization about preparing for that first interaction mm -hmm. because you may not get a second yeah. chance yep. to build rapport. Rapport mm -hmm. has to happen. It's like speed dating yeah. on steroids, right? And I think that when you have people that understand that and build over time, that's good, but it has to start like that. Yeah. And I think the other thing is we pride ourselves, and, and, and I think the agencies that really are successful, and to me, size doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bigger isn't better, all that stuff, yeah. either on the client side or the agency side. It starts with having people that really know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, yes. Those people have to have right. tenure then. Those yeah. people have to be there for a while. That's those people have to have want. a grand Absolutely. vision of what you're working towards. Yeah. And all of those, this is where I'm going to be, I'm going to, COVID screwed a lot of that up. Because yeah. the vision mm -hmm. of what companies were going to be changed, right? right? All of a sudden mm -hmm. now these supply demand curves went upside down. Absolutely. And now you're being, you can't be proactive. You have to be reactive. And the enemy of business and growth and expansion is having to be reactive. Absolutely. So yep. that, that's where I will be the defensive towards it. And, and look, I think this is a great point to bring up when you talk about when you have those clients and, and you have that presentation, you put all this effort into. Let's talk about how broken the RFP cycle yeah. is. Because yes. one of the things, you could be the most prepared person on earth. You need to be given a chance to succeed. And in my experience, both with us and with agencies that are dealing with this, they're not even giving a chance to succeed. They already either made the decisions in advance. I remember I did a cattle call. We did a cattle call. I'm not going to mention the company. Commodity. So mm -hmm. it's a monopoly. So mm -hmm. they don't. their marketing is just a, yay, feel good about it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we go in. We've had really bad experience with them. We went in. My goal was to present stand-up comedy routine get everyone's attention there's 60 people in the room let's do this we walked out of that meeting with three new people saying oh my god i want to talk they all came out we branded this they, they still to this day nothing's come of it right because the rfp was a facade you right. could have everybody in the world jumping at it you know what they do the next day they go back to the same funnel of how they're doing things and they mm -hmm. forget about it so mm -hmm. what do you think we can do to improve the rfp process and what were each of you guys doing to improve your efficiency in responding to said rfps yeah okay so um, you know, RFPs are painful. Uh, I, I understand what they're intended to do, which is to give uh, the company, and I'm not going to use the word client. I, I like your cue. I, we're, you know, this is businesses, and they, we're all on a team working together. Um, I think that it, everybody wants an equal playing field to make a decision, and it's very hard for people when agencies come in and they have different approaches and skill sets and functions and their proposals look different. So I get why you do it. But the thing that is missing for me right now is um, the empathy for the agency, mm -hmm. right? Like agencies are under pressure to uh, agencies are under resourced. And we've had a lot of RFPs lately where they are asking for 10 times what they used to ask for in an RFP mm -hmm. in half or a third the time. And then they're saying on the other side of it, and we want you to be able to deliver in crazy window, and by the way, extend us 90-day payment terms, yeah. Yeah. which doesn't take into account the small business pressures that many, most agencies are yeah. under 100 people. Let's call it a so small business. 
you know, and we want uh, all your company resources, your best ideas, the yes. best profit margin. You have four days to figure it. <laughs> sorry, yes. four hours to figure it out. Yes, and so there's a lot of that that is not reasonable. And so for us, what we're trying to do is reset the expectations and say, is there room to flex? Let us show you why we may have, and, and, and can we do this in our own way? Uh, and some people say, sure, I just didn't know. I pulled something down off the web, and I thought this was how you ran an RFP. And those people that are willing to open up or, you know, alter their process are probably going to be that way when you work with them, right? Yeah. So that kind of, that's yep. an indicator. Yeah, I would argue that the agencies, big and small, holding company base, publicly traded and independents, are a big part of the reason why the RFP process yeah. is broken. Yep. Because Again, the media companies, the radio, we get RFP'd also. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. We've allowed it to happen for so mm-hmm. long. And you, you have bottom feeders exactly. that will just go out and yep. give what they want. When you take crap from a bully. Mm-hmm. But, bully but, 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 so I, mm-hmm. I think that that's part of it. I don't want to disagree with you, but how many times could you make that same stupid mistake? Yeah. How many times can these companies expect something from somebody who's taking – like I joke about this all the time. We have pro- positioned a product as if this is – I'm not going to say it's the lobster, but I'm going to say, you know what? This is a, a huge piece of good shrimp that you're going to get at a restaurant. Right. Like there are either people who eat 99-cent shrimp cocktail mm-hmm. or there are people that don't. Mm-hmm. Too many people are offering garbage that these companies should be smarter than yeah. knowing to take it just because it's cheaper because it's mm-hmm. – I, I hear you, but I, I – it's like baseball. If one team's willing to pay somebody more than they're worth, then that becomes a bidding war. Yeah, I'm and a Mets fan. We had to just give two guys away that we pay too much money yeah, to, and we yeah. have to eat half the salary. Yeah, I exactly. get it. So, <laughs> so I think though, I'm on a, a committee for our industry association, the Four A's, uh, National New Business Committee, and we talk about RFPs all the time. We've talked about this search consultant role, which is basically a third party broker mm-hmm. for those who don't know, and. We've put rules in place with the people who represent advertisers, and we are working hard to bring more stability, more formality, more fairness to the process. It starts, though, with agencies saying, no mas, yeah. mm-hmm. no mas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not do- giving you free work yeah. mm-hmm. that I should be getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars mm-hmm. for. I'm not doing this in four days. I'm not giving you private financial information mm-hmm. yeah. for my company. Mm-hmm. and. We are interviewing in the – and I don't want to sense – we're not an arrogant organization. We're a hungry sure. entrepreneurial organization, much like mm-hmm. Mars organization mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and many, many others out there. But we're not going to be bullied into participating in RFPs that have no win yeah. for us. It's not, mm-hmm. Business shouldn't be done by one side being in favor. And you know the funniest yeah. thing that I found in that? So we get – it's a similar process, but we get RFP'd for national avail, all these things all the mm-hmm. time. And the numbers are ridiculous. And we used to spend so much time crafting a response back to make us seem like mm-hmm. we're sympathetic, but we can't. And we just stopped. Yeah. Now the directive is no thank you. Yeah. And if they write back and say, that's all you have to say, we mm-hmm. write back and say, the words I actually wanted to say, I shouldn't put in writing, mm-hmm. no thank you. And it mm-hmm. pisses them off more to hear no thank yeah. you mm-hmm. than the BS we've been giving. It's so funny. We have actually had in recent times four or five examples where we pushed back respectfully always yeah. respectfully mm-hmm. and respectfully but I think no thank you we're not like Nick we'll ask questions and 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 challenging questions because we're interviewing them as much as yep. they're interviewing Absolutely. us right yeah yep. and we basically will get to a point in four or five situations where we said no after mm-hmm. this process mm-hmm. 
two of those, came back. we came back mm-hmm. and ended up winning the new business. Mm-hmm. So I think you earn respect mm-hmm. when you don't just do blindly. And I think that that's what's broken. The other part of the RFP process that's broken is, and Mara has it, we call it ghosting. You know, mm-hmm. remember when you were yeah. in high school yeah. and the girlfriend mm-hmm. stopped calling mm-hmm. you? Yeah. And you I never kept, had that problem. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a good looking <laughs> guy. I can yeah, see yeah. that, you know, with a charming personality. Yeah. Uh, I have neither. No, <laughs> a face for radio, as they say. Uh, but I think that now people are doing RFPs. We're going through this entire process. We think it's the right thing to do, and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. And we've spent, in some cases, right. tens, tens of thousands, of thousands of if dollars. not hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars in Research time, time yep. to go after this. It's a major problem. You know, one, one thing that you brought up, too, that I don't think that, you know, again, for the listeners to just make it clear, there, there are different kinds of RFP processes, right. and, yep. and some of them that are simpler and intended to figure out can we work with these people and do we like how they think and how they engage with us like that's great sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like what are some high level thinking you would apply to the challenge and here's the challenge as we've written it that's great but some of these rfps not only demand the work and multiple concepts but you brought up the point of um we want to have your last three years tax returns we want an org chart we want bios on the executives salaries right salaries which is you know what we always of course say no to that but we're like you know we're a private organization for a reason and are you trying to build an agency like why do you need the org chart my bet is is because they got burned yeah my bet is because they were set up by to to buy someone else that gave false Yep. But then again, they probably took the cheapest option and they got yeah. screwed for making a bad decision. Yep. So my rebut would be, look, if you're asking for this information because you want to know about us, sign an NDA. Here's what I will give you. You can see all this stuff. If yep. you're doing this because you got burned previously, then shame on you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shame on you for putting yourself in this position. Because you know what? Yep. We have clients. We still run Duns and Bradstreet. We still run credit reporting. Mm-hmm. Do you yep. know how hard? We don't give credit out to people. We just yep. don't. Do you know how pissed off they are? Yep. And then we come back and say the same thing. Okay. If you foreclose on a house, no bank is going to give you a loan, right? right? There's mm-hmm. public information. Mm-hmm. Give us more. Give yep. us a contact right. that a media company to go to yep. and we will go get it. Right. But I think smart companies and mm-hmm. ones with real supply demand curves, meaning yep. they have enough demand that yep. the extra demand coming in is a bonus or would replace it at a higher dollar amount Absolutely. are in the advantage that they, and if you're dealing with a company, you should reward them for Absolutely. that. Yep. You should reward them for pushing back because that means they don't need your business. Yep. Which means they built successful career Absolutely. without it. it, it and, you know, you no, go. You go you, I was just going to say about about the creative too. Like one of the points that we always made about we can't give you creative before we've even talked to you yeah. or talked to the people because then it's not informed. It's not right. grounded in the business. It's just making crap up, and that is not going to help anybody. It's yeah. not going to. And I we talked a lot mm-hmm. about the, the the downside and the negativity surrounding RFPs, but there are not every RFP is created equal, and we make mm-hmm. sure we tell prospects, hopefully clients at some point. We thank them mm-hmm. when the RFP oh. and the process is done well, yes, done correctly. Yes. And by the way, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean agencies shouldn't be challenged. No. That yeah. doesn't mean mm-hmm. we shouldn't be expected to to think and yes. to demonstrate 100%. who the team's going to be and what it's going to cost uh, mm-hmm. without all right. the background financial yep. information. But And there are some RFPs that are really well done. Yes. And it shows a lot about the client and or their third party that's helping them through the process. That instantaneously says something. And you know what? It starts a relationship, starts that rapport literally before the relationship starts. Mm -hmm. Because these are real people who have empathy for the agency, who know that they're buying a long-term relationship, not a transactional one. 
And so there are people out there doing great but I think work. The phrase and then is, others is not so much context. Okay? Yeah. So right. like I you could have an RFP, one with context, one without. Here's the context. Mm -hmm. Hey, right. this is probably going to somebody else. I'm giving you a shot. Yeah. That makes you change because yeah. now you gotta yeah. go take some risks yep. because right. you know it's likely to go to somebody else. Yeah. Or hey, really, we're pricing this out. Yeah. This is a formality. Well, then you don't have to put as well, much it's time the, into it's it. It's the fast, cheap, and accurate. Which do. thing, right? Is is Which this one? a quality creative play? Is this about how fast? Is it about Absolutely. how much? And it's how much? in their yeah. interests to give that context. Absolutely. And that is what is lacking. And that's, again, I, I say RFP as a, the process. Yeah. The RFP, yeah. what's on yeah. paper? Who gives it? Yeah. It's right. not about yeah. that. It's about when you send this, are you giving people a fair chance right. to put their best foot forward? And are you do you know how to rate their best foot forward? Right. And if so, that usually leads to success. Absolutely. Almost every time. Yeah. And that's where I'm curious where it's broken. Now, well, you so know, we, I want to say one thing ahead, there on because you said before too Just about the discussion. It is. Well, you talked about the first impressions, and I think the RFP is often Absolutely. a beautiful window into what's happening in a client. When Absolutely. it is totally articulated agree. and then you get on a call with them and they're clearly aligned around some and I'm you know I, it's crazy and not everything is aligned all the time most people don't exactly know what they need but the better they are at trying to communicate what the challenge Absolutely. is what their the rub job is yeah. yep. to yep. communicate marketing's job yep. is to communicate Absolutely. challenges how is it so broken yep. that the department yep. whose only job is to communicate yep. can't communicate the challenges yep. when you have met with somebody a yep. business owner a CMO and they have clearly articulated their challenges to right. you your success rate is probably close to 80% yes. when they yes. have articulated their real challenge now th this is where the being in a game comes in because mm -hmm. half the times yep. that's three or four cocktails in I hate to be that guy yep. they're a lot more yep. loose with what they say yep. and they because they want they want to yep. be helped yep. the rapport is built that's where those comes in but if you're not putting people in a position to succeed all you're doing is kicking your own success further down the road to when you get it and that's the frustration well mm -hmm. and, and the reality is the more they invest whomever it is that's developing the RFP or whatever the process is for selecting a new partner or partners that is hard work mm -hmm. for those folks mm -hmm. I know how much they put into those mm -hmm. RFPs, especially the ones that are done, how many approval process, how much homework they have to do. So to do it half-assed or to pick an agency that's not really the best partner because you didn't communicate properly, yep. you didn't give them the right amount of time, you're just going to be doing it over again. Right. Well, and, and the cost and of change is absolutely. hard. I mean, you know, we, we've got a couple of, you know, thankfully, knock on wood and plastic and everything, we're onboarding several new clients right now. And, you know, that it, there's the cost to do an RFP, but then there's the, okay, we're really making this decision yep. and we got to change horses yep. and there's time and effort and got to make sure it's the right horse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so let me, let me say this from the client side now, because we deal with a lot of agencies, you can imagine, and there's lots of different kinds and, you know, 50, 60 agencies, probably been hundred in my career. Um, a lot of agencies don't make it easy either. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, sure. and here's, yep. here's how the relationship good should go. Hi, agency. I understand you are conduit to said money. My job is to make you look good, okay? From the beginning, I have a relationship with the client. I am not going to let that relationship go. Let's dictate how to do this together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those conversations never happen. Yeah. Never, ever happen. It's always super defensive mode, and it's this person's trying to do this. That is not how business is done. Right. We are both working in that client's interest. How do we do right. it together? Those conversations are not had. Mm -hmm. They're not had, and mm -hmm. I can try my best to force it. And usually when I do, we keep them on forever. Yeah. But usually either that person's not empowered to make right. that decision, right. that yep. person doesn't have enough knowledge, or that person sees me as a threat. Okay. Right. Those are bad things for a business climate. Yep. That's what makes yep. it more challenging. And I think the industry will autocorrect, fix itself. I think a lot of the bad actors will disappear. I think mm -hmm. a lot of the bad media companies will disappear. And yep. I think we'll find some healthy medium. It's going to take a lot of work to get there. 
And it's going to take a lot of people like us having these conversations Absolutely. where, yes, mm -hmm. we compete with each other, right? That doesn't mean we're going against each other. It yep. means that ultimately we're saying thought leadership, look, this is how this process could be better for everybody. Absolutely. I, I don't see it out there happening. That well, well, agencies should be more than prepared for that type of mindset because the reality is over the course of my career, the nature of client agency relationships has changed dramatically mm -hmm. and it's rare that one agency controls the entire client relationship. But that yeah. makes it so much harder because those agencies don't talk to each other. Yeah, they're all trying to outbid each other, which means they're not working in a client's best interest. Yeah, but that's where a strong client, I once uh, worked on uh, a major brand, GE Lightning, mm -hmm. and we were sitting in uh, an agency office in New York. We were the national promotional agency. There was a PR agency. There was an uh, the advertising agency and a branding consultant. It was a big yep. launch. The CMO, I won't name names, he's a very well-known CMO at a very high level, came into the room with these four agencies and said, welcome, you've all been brought here for a reason. We all want you to work together. We all want you to be famous. We all want you to make money. However, the first time I feel that our brand is not at the epicenter of every decision you make, you're gone. And and he said, remember, dun, the brand dun, is dun. exactly, but not every client, some clients, you know, you talked earlier, we talked even in, as we were getting to know each other. Yeah, hey, Jeff, bit. you know what? We're okay, going to finish sorry. this break. Oh, you're quite all yeah. right. This is a great yeah, conversation. Yeah. You're listening to the Marketing Man Man on Action 106.3, and we'll be right back. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Uh, we got Moira Vetta here, Moto Moto. We got Jeff Mags here, Bruner. And I rudely cut Jeff off in the middle of the segment because this is a radio show indeed. So, Jeff, close us out, buddy. Now, for everybody who knows me, they know I talk way too much. So uh, Everybody in this room, bro. Yeah, everybody in this room, yeah. <laughs> I don't no, know I, what I, you're I, talking I just about. Just finishing up the thought on, on, on the experience with multiple agencies working on one brand. And, yes, there are clients and there are organizations who divide and – but somebody has to take the high ground and understand that we all win when the brand wins. Okay, so I got I got a high ground uh, story that's related to that. So we have a, a client uh, that we started working with in 2021 uh, and uh, went, was going through a lot of digital transformation, um, had one agency uh, already engaged at a brand level, had another agency that had worked with them for 15 or 20 years in the product area. Uh, was also starting to do recruitment right. uh, and needed to do employer branding. And so they said, we don't want everybody to step all over each other, but there is so much going on in this company right now. They were down 1,500 spots. And so we were invited to an offsite. We went to New Jersey. Uh, and there were Great place four. Great oh, yeah. Yes. There it is. Tropical. Four, Newer. 
was perfect. It was it was in a casino uh, where I might have won a little money. Uh, But anyway, there were uh, four agencies and there were a hundred people in this. uh, It was all of their marketers were brought in, and we were all there and we all got to present our piece and we all talked about what the goals were and it was a complete company alignment session around where we're going. What Jeff said, there was Mm -hmm. one person who moderated and made sure that Mm -hmm. that happened. The CMO. Yeah, the CMO. The CMO who said, we all have to work together. I think one of my points was, uh, in some of these examples or some of your examples, there's a threat, right? And this was not about threat. This was about, we only all win if we're all playing together. So let's create a a ground rule, you know, ground game where we are all on the field together and come in here and figure out how each other plays. And, and, and competition is fine. Yeah. Competition, competition leads to innovation. I'm yeah. fine with competition, but I see what you're saying. And we can have is... a lot of fun, too. I've worked yeah. with multiple agencies who have, uh, that were at one time competitors but yeah. became collaborators, yeah. and we've had a blast. Yeah. And yes. We hang out together. Co-opetition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. the way the world works. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I love it. And look, we've been a little uh, doom and gloomish about this all, and luckily we've been through this before. Yes. Everybody in this room yes. has been through this before. Yep. And here's the good news, and I, I, let's lighten this up a little bit. The good news is out of these scenarios, a lot of really good things come about. Out of any time where all of a sudden private equity dries up, people have to start their own companies, their own businesses, mm-hmm. and take these risks. So there's not as much mm-hmm. venture capital, right? All of a sudden, marketing people feel, okay, I've been let down by this. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. This is where the greatest innovation comes Absolutely. from. So let's talk a little bit about yep. what we see over the next couple of years. How does this pan out? What yep. opportunities do you see for your companies and in mediascape and everything? Because I think mm-hmm. that's a great way to end it because this is not doom and gloom. This is, yeah. hey, this is the system. It always reverts back to a mean at some point. Can you be out ahead of the mean and be the one that's leading the change, not yep. following? Yeah, well, I, I want to say one thing here. And again, leave it to me to talk about marketing and to make sure we're not talking about marketing, but I want to go back to uh, something at the very beginning. We talked about everything about our success is relationships. It's built Mm -hmm. on relationships. And when you go through a bad market or a bad economy or a global pandemic or everybody getting laid off or some economy, you know, some some sector tanking, people get vulnerable, people get scared, and that is when real relationships emerge, right? That's when you end up with a friendship and an alliance, and it is more than transactions happening. Yeah. You know, when everything's... If you're good at what you do. Right. It also weans out the people who are bad at how malintentioned from it, that system. Exactly. But to, to me, what, you know, and, and chaos creates great creative because you're dealing with the real issues, not the sugar-coated yeah, right. issues. And so, you know, for us, uh, and, and uh, Moto's been in business 16 years, and, and we started just before the 2008 crash, we have always done much better coming out of bad situations because I do think it's kind of shakes off the, you know, the 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 surface level things. Yep. It, it makes clients get really honest right. and candid. It makes you get really honest and candid back yep. about how to do your best work. Yep. Yeah, I think innovation comes and transformation comes from three mindset and attitudinal ways of being, and that's courage, foresight, and a lack of allowing yourself to be intimidated by what's next, Yeah. right? One of the best parts of our business is sort of like being a hitter, unless you're the Astros and mm-hmm. the, when they were doing the can thing. You don't know what's coming, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the challenge. Especially in the playoffs. The, the Especially whole thing in changes. the playoffs. Those guys are right. pitching different. It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you prepare, you do your homework, you train, you put great people around you, but part of the excitement about our world, and one of the reasons I got into it in the first place, is the unknown yes. is so mm-hmm. exciting. 
change is not something to be feared, but it's something mm-hmm. to be embraced and, in fact, thrive in that environment. Exhilarated. By, you're yeah. exhilarated. For some people. For some yeah, people. This is yeah. why this is a weeding out period. Yeah. Yeah. People with bad relational skills are just doing this for the money. They yeah, there's a yeah. lot people of people. People that don't handle chaos yeah. disappear. That's yeah. why such good things come out of these times. And ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. One, you know, one of our core tenants of yeah. success at Bruner for yeah. new employees is, yeah. are you willing and able to handle ambiguity? Yeah. It is not black and white. Totally. There is a lot of gray in what we do. Yeah. And to be able to take that gray and transform it into something is the skill. It's what we should be accountable for. And I think that the other thing is in our business, what's really cool is I get to work with people every single day who couldn't be more different from me, right? Whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And, you know, diversity to me is not gender, ethnic, racial, uh, uh, religious. a way of being right it's where you come from it's i work with anthropologists i work Mm -hmm. with psychologists i work with writers i work with accountants type a type b type c type type x managing through and creating that rapport inside your organization with partner agencies and with client partners and radio and media partners is the skill and you know there's a reason marriages don't last whether they're familial or business, yep. it's because yep. somebody in that situation isn't prepared for that yep. ambiguity yep. and giving it everything you got. Lo- yeah. I, I, you lo- I love what, what you said. I think that for, for me, one of the things I tell salespeople, uh, what makes a successful salesperson? And I think it is a diversity of experience. Absolutely. Because your goal is to build rapport Absolutely. quickly. And you know how you do that? By living in eight different cities and Absolutely. by seeing a diversity of things. You know what? Maybe I'm a sports guy, but I've also been to the opera and I like classical and I've Absolutely. tried a little bit of everything. So your chance of connecting with somebody multiplies. It sounds crazy, but living in eight cities means you have an eight times Absolutely. higher chance of living in somewhere yep. where somebody's been before. That's how empathy happens. Yeah. It, it, it right? is. But walking in other people's we shoes. We are yeah. not training that. We are making kids that want to just sit and go through mm-hmm. college at the same place and just live the same life that diversity of experience is one of the most beautiful things on earth and i think it is something that we should be pushing people to do more now, see, you're saying we we aren't doing that we we like you know i mean i think some people are but i think there are a lot you know i do a lot of work with ksu i do work with georgia state i've i'm about to speak with university of rhode island i think there are a lot of people that know that everybody has got to get out of the little box and in front of the, the little bubble. screen and yeah the I bubble and expose people. And uh, and I spend a tremendous amount of time doing that, going on campus and saying, hey, by the way, if you're these kind of people, don't go do this for a living. And if yeah. you're these kind of people, go find this because Fail. this is Fall where Fall flat yes, on your face yes. many times. And, these and are it, all the times we've failed. Yeah. And, you know, we're not the number one thing we have to sell, people. Right. And so does Zoom piss you off? Create. So does Zoom piss you off? Because you yeah. have to do it sometimes, but it's very hard. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a face-to-face yeah. kind of person, mm-hmm. and yeah. I hate that sounding like I'm an old school guy because I'm really not old school, but I do believe there is something to observational learning, to organic interactions, to shaking fun, hands, tactile, shaking hands. looking somebody in the yeah. eyes. Those are hard yeah. things to fake. I think yeah. we're instructing mm-hmm. my people to the Zoom is how you get the meeting. Don't do an hour Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Do a 15 minute Zoom yeah. that builds enough trust to get the meeting. To get a meeting. And I think that's yeah. it. So, well, yeah. guys, this has been awesome. I'm sure it went faster than you thought it would. We zoomed through this. Um, I really appreciate the time. Uh, Moy Rivera of Moto Moto and Jeff Maggs of Bruner. Um, you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Agish 106.3 and we'll catch you soon. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? 
I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 